0: Listening to the Destiny Community Church podcast. Hey, today is one of those rare moments that I get as as the pastor to just preach a standalone message. I am a sermon series pastor, and uh, and, and so uh, today is just one of those that's just going to be all by itself. It, it stands alone. It doesn't need any more support. And uh, I can tell you this that. Um, Even though these days are few and far between, I always look forward to them because God uses them in a special way. And I'm knowing God's going to use this today. Somebody say, Unexpectant. (laughs) Unexpectant. It's it's not an English word. It's not even a word. Like you can't find it in a dictionary. Unexpectant. It's not. But it is today. I have made it a word. Okay? And we're going to use it. Unexpectant. There's this very popular book that was originally published back in 1984, and it has been revised numerous times, and, and the last report that I saw on it, it has sold more than 22 million copies. It's an amazing, amazing for a book to sell 22 million copies. And And the name of the book is What to Expect When You're Expecting. It's Any of the women in the room, have you read this book? Do you know the book I'm talking about? Show your hands, raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Be be proud. No, raise your hand high. Some of you are so embarrassed and ashamed of it. Listen, we had no idea what we were doing. Not at all. And Mandy read that book, and and we survived. So I don't know if it was the book or not. But it has been dubbed the Pregnancy Bible. And whether you agree with it or not, you cannot You cannot disagree with its success because it is the longest running title of the New York Times bestseller list. And I read one report that said 93% of the women that read a book on pregnancy have read this book. 93% of the women that have read a book on pregnancy have read this book. And, And this book launched a series of books called What to Expect. And there's different different titles with them, and they've sold altogether more than forty two million copies. That's crazy, right? Published in over thirty-eight countries and over forty-four different languages. Crazy. Crazy. And in twenty twelve, I believe it was, that the the franchise even birthed the movie. See what I did there? <laughs> birthed the movie. God, I gotta know my audience. Man, you guys are tough. But as successful as this book has been, I'm not sure that it would have helped Mary, the mother of Jesus, during her pregnancy. Because that was just, that was a different situation, right? I mean, Mary was a teen mom before MTV made the concept trendy and popular. She was a teen mom. It was an unexpected pregnancy, to say the the least. But, But listen, listen. I know I was an unexpected pregnancy. I was. M- my mom and dad, they were not expected. My dad was 40 years old when I was born, 40 years old. How many men around the age of 40, you would just freak out if she came home and said, I'm pregnant? Yeah? yeah. It-, it would be bad. It would be bad. My dad was 40 years old when I was born, but-, but-, but my mom and dad were married. I was the last of their children and the only one that was not really planned. So I, I, was, I was the oops, you know, but, but it happened. My mom and dad were married and, and they would not have had to face the ridicule of poor Mary, especially in that society. It was bad. So imagine the shock when this teenage mom heard that she was pregnant. I'm going to read first of all this morning out of out of Luke chapter one, Luke chapter one, and after I read in Luke chapter one in a few moments, we're going to turn over to Matthew chapter one. but we're going to begin today in Luke chapter one the The, the Christmas story, as we know it, is is only found in two places in your Bibles, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew and the, and the Gospel of Luke. The other Gospels chose not to include uh, the the origin story as it relates to the birth of Christ. John dives into Before the birth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So John jumps into that. But as far as the Christmas story that we know, you're only going to find it in Matthew and Luke. And uh, we're going to read it today, okay? So Luke chapter 1, verse 26, we will begin with. Verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin And he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, and this is a good question. Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? Verse 35 says, And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Now, let's pause there just for a moment because I I think it's important for me to point out what God does because I love what God does here. And some of you can relate to this. Mary's got to tell somebody. She needs to tell someone. And apparently she was close to her cousin Elizabeth. And she wants to tell somebody, but Elizabeth had a hard time conceiving. She was barren, and she's old. And, and so the odds are stacked against her, and so the very person that she would want to run and tell and be excited about telling, she's probably feeling a, a, a little you know, animosity there because you, know, you, you can't just run and tell Elizabeth. And, and so she's, she's got to be careful with that. But in God, through Gabriel, his messenger, God tells mary that that elizabeth is also pregnant and this opens the door for the good news to be shared with uh, elizabeth and 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 so brother gabe the angel there tells mary that 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 elizabeth is going to have a child too and this way she doesn't hesitate to tell her cousin about her unexpected pregnancy so we pick it up at verse 37 now Gabriel continues, he says, for nothing will be impossible with God. How many of you are grateful that nothing is impossible with God? Amen. He, said, he tells her, he says, so nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. How many of you know that there are always, always, at least three sides to every story? You know this, right? If somebody tells you something, know this. There's always at least three sides to every story. There's his side. There's her side. And then there's the side of public opinion. Have you ever been a victim of public opinion? Think about this. There's what his family is going to think. There's what her family is going to think. What his friends are going to think, what her friends are going to think, what their friends are going to think, because you know, you've got some friends that she doesn't have and she's got some you don't have, and then you've got friends all together, and if this thing doesn't work out, who are they going to side with, you know, right? Then there's what the church thinks. Oh, God forbid, right? I mean, they've still got to go to synagogue with these people they got to go to church with these people, and, and, and depending on how this thing turns out, I mean, they're going to have public opinion about this, right? Mary and Joseph, that they were betrothed, and, and in the Jewish engage, engagement process, Joseph was responsible for her financially. He was already responsible for her financially, even before they were married. They're just engaged, But in the process, he is already responsible for her financially. And this is not a bad practice. I've really been thinking about it this week as I was studying. and, and, And this is a practice that I could probably support today. I could probably get behind this because, listen, my daughter, she has her own job. She's got her own car. But yet she lives under my roof. And so if there's a man out there that... You want to help pay my mortgage payment for her living in my house? You just might steal this father's heart. I'm just saying. There there might be a way. There might be a way, right? So Joseph was now in this engagement process. He was already financially responsible for her, but without benefits, if you know what I mean. Maybe you don't know what I mean. They were engaged in relationship with no benefits. You, you can explain it to your kids that have these puzzled looks on their faces right now, okay? Now, can you imagine the conversation that, that, that took place when, when Mary came to Joseph to say, hey, I'm, I'm pregnant? Imagine that conversation. Imagine your fiancé that you are financially responsible for already walking up to you and informing you that she is pregnant and you know that it's not yours and she claims that it's the son of God. It's crazy, right? I mean, who's going to believe this? In, in, in the words of the great Latino scholar, Ricky Ricardo, <laughs> Lucy, you've got some splaining to do, right? Somebody's got to tell me what's up with this because this isn't going to fly. I'm not buying into this. And and, and there's her side of the story. But but Jesus wants to make sure that Joseph, or God wants to make sure that Joseph has this come to Jesus moment, literally. And and, and so listen to his side of the story. You ready for this? Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. We'll start reading at verse 18. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. This is his side of the story. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Let's stop. This shows you what kind of man he is. This is a good man. This is a righteous man. Because he's got every reason in the world to put her on public display. But there's some serious consequences in that society if he does. you got to go back to the law. And you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse 21. And I want you to listen to what the consequences are for this young lady. Deuteronomy 22 and 21 reads, The woman must be taken to the door of her father's home. And there the men of the town must stone her to death. For she has committed a disgraceful crime in Israel by being promiscuous while living in her parents' home. In this way, you will purge this evil from among you. These are the consequences. And, and Joseph was a good man. I believe he loved her. He was a good man and he did not want to see her be prosecuted in the court of public opinion. And so he decided to to end things, to break off the engagement and no longer be financially responsible for her, to break things off with Mary privately, not to make a public spectacle out of her. This is what he is contemplating in his mind. And then in verse 20, it says, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David. God with us, which by the way, church, that's a prophecy from hundreds of years earlier. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Verse 24 says, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. There's just power in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's not exactly how they planned it, though. It's just not. It's not how they planned it. You, you know what this feels like, right? You lay out your your one year plan. You've got your five year plan. You've got your ten year plan, and it just doesn't come about, right? I remember when Mandy and I were dating. We, for a season, we worked near each other. We were dating, and we were starting to get. Pretty serious, and we would go to lunch sometimes. We'd meet each other for lunch, take our lunch break at the same time. And sometimes we'd be sitting in a restaurant, or sometimes we would go to her grandmother's house and she would, she would make lunch for us. And Mandy was always doodling on napkins with a pen always, always. And, and, and I would look, and she was writing down child names. I mean, I, sh- I should have known, right? Like, run, no. <laughs> yeah. It's getting serious, right? And she would write down Caleb Thomas McKinley, Thomas, my middle name. Kendall Nicole McKinley. Nicole being Mandy's middle name. And she'd write down these names and, and, and you just kind of develop these plans, you know, what you want like life to look like. You know, you want that three bedroom, two bath house with a white picket fence and two and a half kids and a dog. You know. it's, it's like the perfect home, right? This is what you want. And you get all these plans. This is what you want life to look like. And, and, and you make plans. Mary and Joseph, there's no doubt she, they had plans. They, have, they knew what they wanted their lives together to look like. But now Mary is expectant. You know what that means, right? Yep. She's with child. She's expectant. She didn't expect to be expectant. But now she is expected. Some women freak out because the nursery is not ready. Mary has every reason to freak out because her life isn't ready for a child. She's just not ready. She has never known a man. A girl that has never known a man is not ready to have a baby. She's never known a man. They're not even married. And for all we know, they don't even have baby names picked out yet. And if they do... He probably wants it to be Joe Jr., J.J., you know? They're not ready. At least they don't think they are. Maybe a better word to describe their situation would be unexpected. Unexpected, like I'm not ready. They're they're experiencing something that they did not expect. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in that season of life? Hey, some of you are there right now. You're, you're going through it right now in this moment. You're in a season where you, you did not expect to go through what you're going through right now. Some of you have just come out of that season. You never dreamed in a million years, but God saw you through it. But yet there's someone sitting right next to you on the same row as you are, and they're going through it right now, and they have no idea how this thing is going to turn out. You, you know what I'm talking about. You had your career charted out. I mean, you knew what it was what it was going to look like, but the doors just never opened. It's tough. You knew what you wanted in a man, but Prince Charming went knocking on the door of somebody else's ca- castle, right? You know. It's not the way you planned it. You thought that you were a perfect picture of health, but the The diagnosis says otherwise. It's unexpected. And you are unexpected. You had no idea that this was about to hit you, but yet you find yourself in this moment. And it's a strange place to be, and it's often unwelcomed. But church, I want to give you some good news today. Because God gave us a promise in his word in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9 when he said these words. He says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. See, you can have your five-year plan, your 10-year plan, your 20-year plan. And listen, I'm not against planning. I do. I do that in my own life. I've, I've got my, my five-year, 10-year, and 20-year plan. I know what that looks like. I, for, for my professional life here with this church, I, I, I've got a plan. And, and trust me, trust me, over the past two years, <laughs> you know what they say, you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan. And over the past couple of years, I think I've made God laugh quite a bit. But you can have it all laid out, and you should, you should plan. But just know this, God orders the steps. That God sees something that you don't see. God sees potholes that you have no idea are there. God sees things that can absolutely change your eternity. And he will allow you to go through certain seasons of your life that even though you didn't expect it, it's for your good and you don't even realize it. Man plans. But God ordains the steps and I need you to know this today God wants you to know this today that no matter what you're going through in your life right now in this moment no matter how unexpected it was it, it never caught God off surprise off, off guard it, it never caught him by surprise never not once did it, has anything ever caught him off guard not once And God's got your entire situation in the palm of his hand. He is still in control. He is still sovereign and he's still God. And and, and he just wants you to relax in this moment. And even though it is unexpected, even though it is unexpected, even though you did not plan this, God did. And God is, we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. You may not have picked a name for what you are expecting you may not have labeled it yet but God did Joseph you will call his name Jesus Mary you will call his name Jesus I know that what you're going through right now doesn't make sense, but call him Jesus. I know that other people won't understand, but it's Jesus. And I know that you had other plans, but Jesus. Just say his name with me, Jesus. This week I was reminded of our journey a little over 25 years ago, with my wife's cancer. And I know that some of you know this story, and, and you know it in more depth and detail than what I'm going to share today, but yet I look around the room and I see so many faces in the room that have never heard this before. And I feel compelled to share at least part of this story with you. Mandy had a few doctor's appointments this week that left me a little anxious simply because of the history of what we walked through 25 plus years ago. She's fine. She's fine. But I'm just letting you know I'm a very human person. I mean, I'm I'm very... uh, I walk with faith most of the time. But this week I found myself in a little bit of anxiety. When Mandy was diagnosed with cancer, she was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer that had never been seen before. She's in a textbook at Shand's. Her case. And so they didn't know how to treat this cancer. It looked like Hodgkin's lymphoma, the cell type, but they were not sure because it had formed a tumor, the top of her collarbone the size of two golf balls. But because of the shape of the cell, they felt like they needed to treat all the lymph nodes. And so we went through the treatment. And I watched as my wife, as all of her hair fell out, I watched as she got down to like 78 pounds, I think is what it was, something like that, skin and bones. And it was in those moments that that all I could think is is just, God, just let her live. Just let her live. Because... Your one-year, five-year, 10-year, 20-year plans, they just go out the window at a moment like that. You can care less about plans. It's survival. And I just wanted my wife, my my new wife, this was in the first year of our marriage, I wanted my new wife to survive. I just just don't want to go through life without her. I need her. And there's a lot of of honest heart-to-heart moments It's a lot of emotions that that I had to go through with God. A lot of moments where I spoke with Faith while I was in her hospital room. But then I go and get in the car and I scream and I yell at God. Somebody needs to know that when you lose it on God, he's not offended by you. He's okay. Amen. He's big enough. He can handle it. He made your emotions. He made you with those emotions. He's, he's, a, he's a big God. He can handle it. I promise you. We had dreams. But now we had a new dream. Just survive. God just raise her up out of this bed. And I remember the day that they gave us the clean bill of health. She's in remission. Her hair was starting to grow back. But they told us, they said, Your wife will most likely never have children because of the areas of radiation that we had to hit. It wasn't part of the plan, but we'll just adopt one day. If and when we get ready for kids, we'll, we'll adopt. She's going to live. I was volunteering at a church, working a full-time job, and I was volunteering, and I was leading a drama team on this particular night, and, and we were out of town ministering at, a, at another church. And I remember I got home late that night and I walked into our, our little double-wide mobile home that we were living in. And when I walked into our bedroom late that night, Mandy, who had stayed home, she's just trying to recover, trying to you know let her body recover. She sits up on the side of the bed and I said, are you okay? And she said, I think I'm pregnant. And me being this great man of faith that I am, I looked at her and I said, babe, you know what the doctor said. This is, this is me trying to be comforting during a moment like that. Trying to bring some common sense into the, to the conversation, trying to head off the disappointment." I said, babe, you, you know what the doctor said. I said, why don't you set up an appointment? Obviously, obviously, something's not right with your body. Set up an appointment. And I'm thinking, well, she'll set up an appointment with her oncologist, so we'll go to her oncologist. No, Mandy doesn't do that. She, she like, sets up an appointment with a doctor that has, like, sonograms and stuff like that, you know. And so I'm like, great. And I'll never forget being in that doctor's office that day because the nurse comes in and she does the sonogram on Mandy's belly and... She's looking at the screen, and she she leaves, and she walks out, and she brings in another nurse, and they look, and they whisper among themselves for a moment, and then they leave, and then they bring a doctor in with them, and I'm thinking, oh, my Lord, they told us that the chemotherapy stays in your body for a year, for one year. I didn't got this girl pregnant. She's got chemotherapy in her body, and they're looking at the sonogram. They're think, I'm thinking, well, this thing's got like three heads. This baby is, is messed up, you know. It's got like eyes in its palms, you know. What is wrong with this child? What have, we, what have we created here, you know? The doctor looks at us, and he said, or she, it was a she. She said, Miss McKinley, you're definitely pregnant have you been feeling okay? She said, yeah. And she said, you're pregnant with twins. Now, Woman's World Magazine did an article on us years ago, years ago, 20-plus years ago. It's two-page spread, full color. And they said that Rocky let out a, whoa, and had to sit down on a stool. I don't remember letting out a, whoa, But I did say, oh, i got to sit down. (laughs) And I did. I sat down on a stool as we just kind of collected our thoughts. And they walked out of the room. And I knew. Caleb Thomas McKinley. Kendall Nicole McKinley. A few weeks later it was confirmed when they did the ultrasound and that sonogram and it said one was a boy and one was a girl. And I don't have time to tell you all the, the trials with that whole thing. I mean, at, at, one, at one point they thought we were losing one of them and they wanted to do a DNC and, and we refused. We refused because we were standing on God's word. Oh, how I wish you could have been here in first service. Because today they're 24 years old and they were both in first service, but my daughter is here. Kendall, just stand right there. (laughs) It's all going to be in my new book. What to expect when you're Unexpecting (laughs) What to expect When the car breaks down Or what to expect when a cow Walks out in front of your car True story That's your book You write that one What to expect when you get laid off from work? What to expect when your closest friends abandon you? What to expect when your family abandons you? What to expect when the doctor says it's cancer? What to expect when the doctor says it's dementia? What to expect when they say it's Alzheimer's? What to expect... When you're unexpected, there's three things that I know. Expect these things, expect God to be there with you. He was with Mary and with Joseph every step of the way. Scripture says that he will ne- never leave you nor forsake you. Says that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You expect God to be in that moment with you. When it's unexpected, you know God's there and he was there before you got there. Expect God to be there. E- expect this expect that God has a plan. Not only is God there with you, but God has a plan. God, he was not blindsided by this unexpected moment in your life, this unexpected season in your life. It did not catch God off guard, I promise you. God has a plan. God is there with you. God has a plan. And and I know this, God will be glorified in the process. If you will allow him to, God will be glorified in the process. Because this is not about your promotion. This is about you promoting him. This is not about your time to shine. This is about his time to shine in your life and being glorified through your life. I know this. I've gone through way too many moments in my own personal life where it was unexpected But yet my God is faithful. My God shows up. My God, it may not always be exactly how I want it to be, but my God is faithful and I have plans, but he says, I'm going to direct your steps. He says, I'm going to ordain every step of your life. If you will just trust me, that sometimes it's going to be unexpected. But I'm there with you. I've got a plan. And I'm going to be glorified in the process. And to some of you right now, you need to buy into that. Advent is all about expectation. Expecting a Messiah. To him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think. Expect it. Even when you're hit with the unexpected, just expect God to be there with a plan and to be glorified through it. Thanks for listening to the Destiny Community Church podcast. To learn more about DCC, including our service times and location, visit us at destinycommunitychurch.org.